0: The dawn of civilization, primitive, (laughs) dangerous, (laughs) exciting, the handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave.
1: Hey everyone, this is James from Cave Dweller Music. Thanks for tuning in again today. I'm with my co-host Brendan and we have a special guest for you today. We are joined by Achintia Venkatesh who is a 28-year-old artist from Bangalore, India. Um, You may have seen some of his works online. We have uh, interacted with him a little bit in the past. He is primarily working in watercolor and watercolor pencil, but also does digital pen and ink styles. His thematic explorations cover things around fantasy, mythology, sci-fi, superheroes, but he does it from a lens of modern mythology, of course. Um, Heavy metal is definitely a subculture that he participates in, having done multiple cover designs for heavy metal bands, Uh, He's commissioned projects for a number of different uh, posters, albums, uh, all that sort of stuff. So he he definitely is a great fit for uh, anyone looking for some awesome artwork for the upcoming album. So yeah, welcome to the show, Chintia. Uh, Great to have you on and thanks for taking the time to talk to us.
2: Thanks a bunch, James. Uh, Glad
1: we're finally doing this. And of course, a pleasure to meet the audience. Fantastic. Um, so we came across you a little while ago Uh, your style really stuck out to us it's it's very uh, colorful very bold Um, is art something you've been passionate about uh, your whole life or was it something that inspired you to become an artist well yeah Um, so it's a mix of that mix of both really so I've been drawing since the age of
2: four so it's perhaps something that's come to me innately or naturally whatever you want to call it so obviously with the caveat that I've gone for traditional art classes as well as a kid so I've, ha- I've practiced as well as experimented with various mediums and styles growing up both traditional non-traditional and obviously to this day as a 28 year old where i would think i've solidified my style and i'm glad you think it's a bold style and a colorful style so i do pride myself in those colors uh, so i would say my earliest drawings were inspired by the mythology i grew up reading and of course, what my parents, grandparents and whatnot sort of uh, gave to me as part of you know the cultural legacy, let's say, and uh, also superheroes. And I, funnily enough, to this day, both of those topics, mythology and superheroes tend to make up the majority of my personal art. So I guess there's something to say in regards to certain themes imprinting on oneself as a child. So, yes, it's something that I've been doing since
1: I was a child. That's awesome. And I, I love like the sort of like a mysticism to a lot of the work that you do that's like sort of ethereal and esoteric that it kind of makes it sort of like you look at it and you're like, wow, that's like out of this world type thing. But it also seems really sort of familiar and relatable at the same time. Mm.
0: Yeah. It was really cool stuff. Like your um your character here, the the uh, the charioteer of the sun god. Um, yes. Aruna. um
2: that's right that's right i'm 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 glad you pointed that out uh i think one of the ethos or like perhaps one of the objectives of my art is also to reclaim those specific deities so for context today in india uh, of course you know it's a hindu majority country with obviously a sizable muslim and a christian population as well but that demographic aside to in today's hinduism basically The religion has evolved such that the main worship is around three deities. So it's Vishnu, uh, Shiva and of course Shakti who is the mother goddess. Uh, But the earliest forms of Hinduism used to basically worship these deities called the Devas. Uh, They have since been relegated to become just elemental deities per se but um, in the earliest text known as the Rig Veda. Uh, these were the most important deities, and this is arguably one of the most ancient texts in the world, dating to about 1500 BC, written down and was possibly an oral tradition since 2000 BC. So, my, long story short, I want to reclaim these deities. I want to give them powerful images because there's a stark paucity or a lack of these images in India itself. Uh, most of our deities look very uh, soft almost like they've been to a, uh, like a a parlor where they've gotten their eyebrows threaded. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) uh, So, so that
2: ancient mysticism and of course that bit of masculine Mm -hmm. edge, which that's how these deities are described, but they're not drawn as such
1: in today's India. So, uh, that's the story behind that do you feel like maybe some of the influence from the the superhero side of things and kind of uh fit into the depiction of uh, of the deities definitely especially that bit of uh techno cosmic aspect of it
2: um i'm not sure if you've heard of this gentleman called jack Kirby, who is uh very influential in, t- in both the marvel and the dc worlds especially his cosmic work with characters such as the new gods and whatnot So that bit of sci-fi definitely sort of influences and
1: informs my depictions, that's for sure. That's awesome. I noticed you also had some of the um, Space Odyssey stuff there as well with the obelisk and the apes and all that. that, Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. And I I did notice as well you had uh, some political stuff in there. Is that sort of like, is that something that you do? Or is that like a, a commission type thing?
2: Um, I tend to not broach the topic of politics, because I think it's too, uh, not that it shouldn't be talked about, but I feel like it's too grounded in reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, My personal art, at least that my ethos is that it should be transcendent, it should be timeless, it should be based on eternal values. And I think uh, this mythopoetic mind state of sorts, mythology is something that will always be there. It's not a matter of whether it's real or not, whether it's happened or not, whether it's factual. It is real, but it's in a very specific mind state, what I like to call the mythopoetic mind state, where it's all real and it's happened. So personally, um, if, if it were up to me, I would like that is my personal lot. I tend towards that. But I think what you were referring to is perhaps that, uh, that depiction of the English crown, the Queen's crown, which is all bloodied and whatnot. That is an upcoming commission indeed. It's for a t-shirt design.
1: There, there was another one as well. I think it was for a band called um Tranquillis. Uh EP Fake New world yes. yes, yes, indeed. So
2: uh that's right. Yeah. So the EP is called Fake New World. So Tranquillis is a thrash metal band from Bangalore. They're also very good friends of mine. Oh cool. Uh, yes, we didn't want to uh nail it down to a specific political event and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. you can see the uh, clear Ed Repka influence there. It's a bunch of uh, like a priest, a policeman of a non specified country, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, There's a kid who is wearing a mask, I think you like, it's also a reference to like in riots where they wear masks, so that their Mm -hmm. identity is sort of obscured. Uh, Torturing this one guy in like a very sort of dystopian landscape,
1: mm-hmm.
2: almost neon, uh, neon kind of landscape. But uh, yeah, that's very Ed Repka inspired. Uh, in fact, I'm wearing something very Ed Repka right now. This is the cover of Spiritual Healing by Death. So we were influenced I by... Yeah, yeah, awesome. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. So uh, hopefully I can swear on this podcast. Oh, that's that we fine. Should- we do too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, but yeah, so very Ed Rabka influenced indeed. Uh, for that, the main the, the main aim of like the human figures was to, you know, give them those wrinkles and that sort of unnerving look, which you expect in those Repka kind of works. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, yeah, that's the visual aspect of it. Thematically, it's very thrash, uh, politics, dystopian, uh, you know, setting. Um, generically the uh the, the the hand that you know organized religion plays so even the preacher and that is like generic it's not very specific to religion right uh he looked like a pastor but he's also wearing a saffron cloth yep. so Made sure that you know it's not specific to religion but you can instantly recognize it's some sort of authority figure.
1: love it I like that it's so uh universally applicable yeah 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 um so what got you into heavy metal music Was that something that you've also kind of grew up loving or is that a more recent development so uh this is an interesting
2: one so but so by the early 2000s this whole uh torrenting and mp3 you know illegal downloads were mm-hmm. a big thing yeah so this was around when <laughs> I was. Uh, that was our only real source of music youtube wasn't so great then i think all across the world Uh, So by the early 2000s, when I was about 10 years old or so, my friends who were slightly older than me were into bands like i Min, Trivium, Linkin Park, as you would expect, of course, then it was like a big new metal craze. Mm -hmm. And as such, it flowed downstream from there. Uh, Closer to when I was, say, 15 years old, 16 years old, uh, Sam Dunn's documentaries, like Global Metal and uh, metal A Headbanger's Journey, that served definitely as like a further impetus towards like say a formal targeted study of heavy metal, if mm-hmm. you can relate to that. for uh, so me personally, the most appealing part of the genre, obviously apart from the music itself, was the thematic explorations, the imagery. Uh, there's a lot of musical nuance and layers hidden behind, you know, the sonic intensity of the music, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of like people who don't appreciate it miss. Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh that's one aspect. And but I would like to highlight that, you know, heavy metal is very anthropological in its mm-hmm. scope. Way. There's a lot of connectivity, like say in a subgenre context. So I think the easiest example is uh what's thrash metal? So thrash is basically punk plus the traditional heavy metal from the British Isles. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a second example would be what's Gothic Doom? You could say it's a mix of like Black Sabbath uh, and Sisters of Mercy. Mm-hmm. right? And then you have bands like Paradise Lost and whatnot coming out of that. So it's very connected, interconnected that way. There's a thread that runs through all heavy metal or at least all good heavy metal that's instantly like recognizable. Yeah, for sure. The two- mm-hmm completely disparate genres so that anthropological aspect is one thing that really you know has got me continuing to explore the genre while some people have perhaps gotten bored of it
1: right Uh, have you ever seen the um the map of heavy metal the interactive map online uh is it by the same folks bango i'm not sure it's 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 this website called i think it's called map of metal and it's like uh branches out from the very early days all the way through into all the subgenres and it has threads that run through them and you can yeah, kind of yeah. see like which bands pioneered each genre, and it gives you examples of, like what to check out if you want to get into that genre and stuff. It's, it's, it's got a pretty cool website. Like, uh, back in the early days when I was still getting into the genre, I thought it was, I found some pretty fun stuff from there, but it's interesting to see how it, like it's like a web, it just branches out, like you said, and there's threads running the whole way through. So, yeah. for sure. Um, And yeah, I'm the same. Like, I I love the fact that you can trace influences back from bands through so many decades. And sometimes it's like, it's not even stuff you'd expect. You're like, oh, man, I didn't even catch that, that they're influenced by this band and stuff. So I I love that aspect as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: It's almost like, uh, I think like DNA and ancestry tests are a big thing right now. But Mm -hmm. except that sort of exploration imposed upon bands and like music and genres. So I like both things. So, you know, there's like a parallel in terms of exploring both those topics.
1: Think you just came up with uh, an idea there for a service that someone could offer online it's like an ancestry.com thing before your band you submit it and say who will be yeah. who are we influenced yeah. by and you get a report back a week later saying well these are the bands that we found in your dna <laughs> yeah yeah and musical dna is the real thing so exactly and then what, what sort of, uh, was it just a natural progression to like incorporating heavy metal into your art, like uh, t- to shift towards doing art for metal bands and, and themes in that, that area? Or... Definitely, I think
2: these two things are like convergent because uh, heavy metal is very imagery based as well. Uh, the themes, images are very strongly associated with you know the music. Uh, I think for some things, the album covers it's what you think of when you're listening to the music, right? Uh, let's take, for example, those Dissection, you know, of course, the black metal band, their album covers, the very blue-themed album cover, which has become something for... It's become sort of like a trend for all melodic black metal bands, if you've noticed. It, it has a very blue, icy feel. Yes. Yeah, so yep. I think that's a natural progression. So uh, to answer your question as to what made me decide to start music making art for bands, um, it's really happenstance really, so I have a friend, his name is Nehal Shastri, um, he was the former vocalist for a local Bangalore metal heavy metal band, they're like sort of a trad heavy metal band, traditional heavy metal band mixed with a bit of thrash, uh, they were called Infamy, so they reached out to me to do art for their WEP in 2018 or so. Uh, at the time I was largely reviving my art hobby, so for context for almost 3-4 uh, years before that I hadn't done any art. Uh, that was sometime around when i was in college so strangely enough i had to revive the hobby i had a bit of a lull in between and uh that was the first and thereon I had a fairly steady flow of projects coming in not a very heavy flow but uh, steady enough that it's been very fulfilling and a lot yet
1: to be revealed that's awesome yeah very happy to hear that yeah yeah glad and then I, I guess we were wondering, uh, like, what's your local scene like where you're at? What What are some bands that we should sort of know and check out in your area? So uh, I live in Bangalore. So for context, it's of course, in the, like I told you at the beginning, it's in the southern
2: southern state of Karnataka mm-hmm. uh, in India. So it's known as the so-called heavy metal capital of the country. So most major concerts, gigs, bands have all taken place here. Uh, nice in 2007 was the linchpin for it all mm-hmm. sorry i think i'm gonna say something okay cool uh so like i said i made in 2007 was like the linchpin for it all that's what got the ball rolling uh thereon multiple bands have played in india um though not at the frequency of course like it takes place say in the us or in europe uh, but uh too many to name, frankly, but I'm happy to name a few. So, Bangalore Open Air is now the primary heavy metal festival that takes place in Bangalore. Uh, it's gotten down bands like Creator, Corona, Iced Earth, Destruction, uh, Vader, Napalm Death, Nile, Immolation, which is my favorite death metal band, and uh, Pestilence is set to play next this year. So, I'm pretty excited for that. So, what the local scene is like? It it's fairly rich. It has a lot, of, like every subgenre you could think of, does exist. Uh, but perhaps my favorite band is not Indian, it's uh, Sri Lankan, and they're called Genocide Shrines. So they play a very unique mix of black and death metal. Uh, they're sort of lumped with the war metal bunch, sort of erroneously, I'd say. Uh, it's equal parts, sort of doomy, meditative, as well as very militaristic. So hmm. maybe that's.
1: okay definitely gonna have to check that out because i actually don't know them but uh i wrote them down and that's homework for me after this podcast me too (laughs) so i I have a question i guess because this is like for me this was my introduction to indian heavy metal um are you familiar you're probably familiar with um a guy called uh, what is his name give me one second i'm trying to think uh sahil makija
2: Ah yes, Uh, he's famous for demonic resurrection and some other projects.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he's in Demon Stealer, and he's he's had a bunch of other stuff throughout the years. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he he's one of the guys I I kind of noticed is like done really well outside of India uh, on in, in the underground scene. So I see him popping up in groups all the time, and like reviews for his albums and stuff. So is he pretty big in India as well, or is it mostly like an international following he has? Um, to be frank, I wouldn't be the sort of expert on this. But yeah, he was
2: big. I, I don't see him on the radar lately. But then okay. I'm divorced from that. But uh, yeah, Demonic Resurrection is arguably one of the best known like, like, you know, sort of archetypal Indian heavy metal names. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankly, the mix of symphonic and sort of like black metal is not my cup of tea. The, the way he does it uh but there's no denying that you know he's his sheer perseverance his appetite for sort of marketing it is something to be admired and he's an amazing cook I think
1: you might have seen (laughs) that is plainly fantastic stuff he does there yeah his channel is really I follow his cooking channel as well it's really interesting yeah 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 and like they kind of tied the two together as well with like the metal and the cooking stuff which is kind of cool um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, for me, I actually found him through one of his other bands that was like a brutal techni- uh, technical death metal band that was more similar to um, Suffocation called Reptilian Death. Did you ever hear that one?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was quite a few years ago,
1: though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He did like one album um, back in like, I think it was like 2011 or something like that, but that was a solid album. Um, yeah, so uh, admittedly, I'm a bit of a
2: traditionalist. Maybe some people would call it an elitist, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one band you should definitely check out in that traditional death metal realm is—they're not very active right now, but they're called Dvesha. So Dvesha means uh, anger in in this uh, in our local language, Canada, which is down south, mm-hmm. uh, it's also in Sanskrit for that matter. Um, they play death metal in the vein of uh, Bolt Thrower, a mix okay. of like Bolt Thrower, Demigod from Finland. Nice. Uh, and they have like themes based on like, you know, ancient medieval warfare, ancient spirituality, the left hand path. So you should definitely check them out
1: Love apart it. from. Okay. They're on the list as well. Thank you.
0: Hell yeah.
1: So, I mean, okay. Being an artist uh, who's done album art for other bands, is there, we'll look at the last maybe year or so, maybe two or three years. What are some album art covers that have stood out to you uh, from albums recently?
2: Um, it's hard to pinpoint specific album art covers, maybe as I answer it will come to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything by the by uh, this this chap called Eliran Cantor. He's a master. Uh, There's also two other artists Shindi Design and uh, LR Illustration. So big shout out to these guys. I don't know them personally or anything. I haven't interacted with them. I I have messaged Shindy Design a bit uh, on Instagram, but they're truly masters of their craft. That's all I can say. I'm sure you've seen some of those Elron Cantor art uh, album covers for immolation for Halloween uh, there was a Sodom compilation that he lately did some art for yes he's, yes I know the exact
1: one, one. I know the, yeah I know the exact artist you're talking about he has an amazing yeah. style super dramatic really um, like oil painting type stuff
2: yeah, it's oil painting indeed so
1: I mean oil
2: painting is first of all a very hard medium just physically to get around. Uh, that's something I, 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 couldn't ever really master in any good way, but, uh, that guy is a genius. So anything by him or Shindy design or LR illustration, I would say just check out their pages. You'll be blown away.
1: Okay. Then looking at maybe like the specific, what about like, uh, back from the old days, cause you said you love old school death metal. Who are some of the classic, uh, artists that you admire?
2: Um, Ed Repka, obviously, uh, I think you can clearly see his influence in my style. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and uh, I forget the gentleman's name, the morbid angel entombed. It's not coming to me. Uh,
1: uh, it's not Dan Seagrave, name. right? He he was obituary and a few others. Yes, yes.
2: Seagrave is of course one. Yeah, Dan Seagrave. Yeah, there you go. Definitely those two.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, I think that might be uh, Michael Whelan. My my bad on that one. I always get uh, my name's mixed up with artists. and I'm terrible with that stuff. So, yeah. So Seagrave, love him. Michael Whelan, love him too. But yeah, anyway. The coolest thing about him as well is that whenever you see like um album art for like obituary for like uh cause of death and stuff, it's actually one panel out of a whole larger painting that they, he's done. So you can actually find the the full images online and they're they're awesome. Like the obituary one goes all the way across both sides and there's yeah. this whole landscape full of like uh spiders and eyes and teeth and stuff. It's just awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And actually, and it- that that one actually ties on to uh, Demolition Hammer. So it's the same piece of art, just both uh, different side of that same panel.
2: Oh, is it? Oh, no, demolition is done for. Okay, I didn't I know think, that.
1: I think it was um, the second album. I want to say not the the first one's the one with the face in the fire. I think, and then I think it's the second one where it's got like the uh, broken down wall, broken down wall or something like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's the very end panel for memory of the same piece that obituaries... Uh, yeah, he's done it for uh, S- uh,
2: Sirith Angol
1: Sepultura as well. Yes, you're right. Who did... Um, what are some of Seagraves' work? He was Left Hand Path, you said, right? Yeah, Left Hand
2: Path. I mean, so many to name all. What else? Um, obviously, Altars of Madness, fucking mind-blowing, yes. mind-blowing art. He's done a bunch for I think uh, Malevolent Creation, December, oh, yeah. Uh, Benediction. Yeah, obviously uh, he's done the the album called for Carnage, Dark Recollections, which is of course another classic. Uh, Entombed, as we already mentioned. Uh, also, Funeral Brown. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that band. Yeah, the think...
1: Yes, I think I want to say yes. It sounds very familiar that I can't yeah. picture like an album cover right now yeah yeah um what else what else the
2: also the album artwork for pestilence spheres and testimony of the intentions
1: right so, yes yep
2: of course okay I mean he's done a bunch of stuff he's very prolific that's awesome Yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. those two ones, sure.
1: okay so I guess uh coming up is there anything from you that people should be aware of or ready for, like you got any like interesting pieces in the works, or like doing any commissions that you can talk about for any bands or? Sure. Uh,
2: so there are a few projects in the horizon. Some EP, album covers, a T-shirt design or two, and of course some personal commissions that are yet to be revealed. Uh, maybe the most important thing people should know is that I'm open for commissions. I'd be happy to take on new projects uh, with diverse themes, and I'm. I'd say I'm malleable across moods and styles. So. Uh, fairly chameleon-like in that way. I can cater to whatever you'd like. Um, on the personal art front, I think I will be continuing my series on those Rig Vedic deities that I mentioned, uh, which is again, to reiterate, it's my take on the pantheon of the oldest religious text of Hinduism. Um, and I would say maybe my statement of declaration is my aim is to reclaim those deities, like I said, give them more powerful archetypal imagery. And that's about it. there on will I'll have to just
1: see what comes my way. I mean, that's a lot already. So <laughs> that's a lot to be excited about. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are. And then, I mean, like we, we definitely want to do a piece with you at some point in the future as well for uh, like a merch design. So TBD on that one, if anyone's listening, there will be at some point be a piece So we we collaborate on there. And I'm done. It'd, be my, it'd be my honor. It'd
2: be a pleasure. It'd be damn exciting.
1: The gears are turning. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so, Brendan, um, I know you had some stuff you wanted to talk about.
0: Oh, um, I want to ask you. Uh, well, you were talking about making um, more art uh, pieces of your your characters. Um, do you like consider making like a graphic novel out of them or something like that? So that's a unique.
2: Uh, I, I like that you asked that. That's a unique skill set in on onto itself. Uh, panel by panel is something I've not tried. And a bunch of friends have actually encouraged me since I'm a big comic book buff, a big graphic novel, manga buff as well. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something that a lot of my friends have encouraged me to do. Right now, it's like, you know, individual pieces and those pieces are just, you know, onto themselves, isolated. But uh, hopefully in the future, I, that's something I need to practice because I do think that's a skill more than just a, you know, a talent.
0: Right, right. And then um, you were talking about how you like used like different mediums and this and that. Um, what's your least favorite medium?
2: My least favorite medium? That's an interesting question. Uh, so I did uh, some oil painting as a kid. That was a couple of decades ago. I mean, a couple of decades ago, almost. Uh, so I would say that's my least It's because it's cumbersome. Obviously, the yeah. easiest is... You know, digital. Just open up your tab, and you can use a variety of brushes. Uh, but maybe it's easier to answer what's my favorite. So my favorite is uh, watercolor and watercolor pencil. Gotcha,
0: yeah, nice. And then, uh, what's your uh, your favorite brush?
2: My favorite brush, um, like I said, it's um so so uh, watercolor pencils are easily the most malleable sort of. So it's not a brush per se, but you do you end up using brushes. So you say. So the easiest way to explain it is you color like you normally would with a regular color pencil, but you get yeah. to spread that out with some water. So you can either retain the sort of texture of the watercolor pencil, or you can use that to spread it out like a regular watercolor. So yes. that's really the most malleable and sort of diverse. and
0: yeah. Nice. And are, are you using like a, a special paper for that or like yeah, a canvas so- or?
2: Yeah, uh, you typically would use rather thick, like 220 GSM. I know I'm getting the technicalities of it. It's this Italian paper. It's, it's texture in a very unique way. It almost gives the painting its own texture. Uh, I don't know if you get it in the States and whatnot or wherever the audience is, but the brand I use is called Fabriano. So very clearly Italian.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right on. And then, um, what, what's your favorite way to um, create? Like, you get your ideas down. Do you start like with a computer, or do you just start like with a pen and paper?
2: It depends. So, uh, for the more the, the late the, the pieces I've done lately are mostly all digital, with some watercolor and pen penning and interspersed. And so, I mean, how I start a piece, it's usually like a. a Like, I think most artists start with sort of a rough outline. It's very iterative. You shift things around. Uh, So, yeah, I think
0: that that would probably be my process. Gotcha. And then um, I think for my last question, what's your favorite color?
2: My favorite color? Interesting. Uh, Probably something warm, like the reds and the oranges. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm metalhead, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. That's your last question, Bryden? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. I have one or two more then in that case. Um, I was just wondering, what was some of your favorite releases last year? Last year? hmm, um, Let's see. That's 2022. Two. Yeah
2: um something that comes to my you've put me on the spot with this sorry <laughs> wait so last year last year no maybe tell me some of
1: your favorite releases and then something will come to my mind sure um my number one was ash inspire um not sure if you heard that one or not yeah 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 okay uh that one was just like unreal to me it's just the soundscape they created and his vocals were so like raw despite him kind of sh- t- like sh- talk shouting mm-hmm. um I also really liked uh, just a couple of the top of my head that were in there. Uh, Manta, I'm not sure if you heard that one.
0: Oh, that was oh. really good.
1: Yeah, they're like, um, it's influenced by black metal, but it's like rock and roll sludge with grunge elements. But it's like, it, they've very clearly done their homework of like old school second mm-hmm. wave black metal that influences the whole thing. So, uh, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, to think what else I think we else had, it's like I'm blanking on my list right now. Brenda, um, <laughs> what was some of your all top all of? Starting. What were some of your top ones? You're right; it does put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, I remember. I oh, I loved um,
0: Doctor Dracula. Doctor Dracula. Doctor. I heard that one. <laughs> Name like that went so damn hard. I loved it. Um, and there was uh, that False Gods album. Uh, shout out to those guys too. Those guys are awesome. That was um, cool. Yeah, Nerdopia was really good. Um, That album was, I listened to that a lot. Okay, I uh, I remember you said that. Uh,
2: Some things that come to my mind are Immolation, Acts of God. That was a masterpiece. Yes. Uh, Probably one of their best. I think the sheer clarity and that chromatic nature of their music is better than ever. I'd say it's up there, top five Immolation. Uh, Then the other one is Negative Plane. The Pact is one that comes to my mind. Uh, but frankly, I'm
1: blanking out. I've been listening mostly old stuff. so I managed to find my list. So just a couple other ones, if you are curious, was a friend of mine from Brisbane in Australia has a band called Malignant Aura. Uh, that's like uh, a blend between 90s death metal and then like 90s doom death, like the old school doom death stuff, that first wave, like Catatonia, um Ooh. yeah that early oh, really raw stuff um and then uh chat pile i'm not sure if you heard that album last year that was a really interesting one mm. it's like uh in the vein of uh, sort of like a sludgy industrial metal version of uh like 90s noise rock stuff so kind of like jesus lizard type thing um, oh okay really interesting um, and then uh sonic madness i'm not sure if you heard that one uh, i actually did pr for that album um, it's like okay. uh, Dissonant Death Metal uh, stuff, it's like uh, three three underground dudes that I, I'm, I'm friends with um, Nicholas Turner, Jared uh, Moran and Justin Vollis. Um he, they're from uh, owned by Vargas Records, Justin Volus owns them I'm not sure if you've heard of them, they do like uh, death uh, Black and Death Metal and Death Metal stuff Okay, I gotta check it out clearly yeah. I'm a bit yeah, I'll send you a link, yeah. I think you, you might enjoy it if you like that 90s sort of like uh, Death Metal stuff it's kind of, it's more in that Dissonant realm um, which has become pretty oh, yeah. popular in the last few years uh, that
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah so was, but they actually have two projects that are kind of like two flip sides of the coin so psionic's the more like technical slightly progressive side of it and then uh out of the mouth of graves is way more uh ulcerate influenced so that's more of like the cavernous yeah. um sort of like atmospheric evil sounding stuff yeah um, both both a lot of fun though but uh, yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's that was a couple of my top ones. It's a, I wrote like a twenty album list. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's too too many right. releases. But well, I'll check out that list because uh, I'm clearly a little out of touch. Sure. Check
0: out check uh, out at Metor- uh, memorial. Their uh, Tamashe Noyama. Yama uh, it was the album. Amazing.
1: Yeah, that one was yes. really good actually. That that was very interesting. it, it kind of yeah. like had some like Rotting Christ vibes, but it was uh got like Eastern sort of sound to it, like a really different sort of influence. It is yeah. yeah, really cool. Very yeah,
2: cool. Rodding Christ themselves have gotten a lot of eastern influence in the past. Yeah,
1: they have. They've really changed their sound a lot. They went towards that like folk, uh, really folk heavy stuff ever since ALO.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they're uh Visit to India, influence them or something. They played in India in 2014 with Destruction.
1: Okay, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. i am actually seeing them for the first time in like two months. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah,
2: They're a treat. And then I don't know if you get to meet them, but they're like super chill dudes as well.
1: Oh, that's awesome. You've met them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So at the time I was uh, basically doing uh, reviews and like geek reviews and album reviews and whatnot for a couple of online metal magazines here. Maybe that's why I wasn't doing art at the time. Uh, okay. So I ended up meeting destruction and rotting Christ that like this sort of uh, press conference at this bar of all places,
0: but yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, that's awesome, very cool. That's Who are cool. some uh, some other people that you got to meet during that period? Hmm,
2: oh, that period, so the year preceding that, it was 2013. So I'd met, Ice Earth at length. Uh, Unfortunately, in India, a lot of the journalists ask really dumbass questions, like, <laughs> have you eaten X food yet, or blah, blah. But of course, I, I tried to keep the shit straight. I was like, let's just ask music-related questions, for God's sake. So yeah, Ice is a very prominent one. The same year, I didn't get to meet him, but at least I got to get my Emperor CD signed by Isan. He wasn't playing with Emperor. He had come with Isan and as well as uh, uh, Leprous, so
1: that's his nice. backup. I love Leprous. Big fan. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So Leprous and Isan played that year. I mean, it was a hell of a lineup. So did Dark Tranquility. So. Wow. Yeah. Then That's after crazy. that, um, the, the years following that, I also met uh, the folks from Corona, my favorite thrash metal band of all time. Nice. And uh, lately, the latest one is probably Immolation. Oh,
1: you made Immolation. That's awesome. Yeah, they've played twice here. Oh, very cool. Uh, Brendan actually kind of only got introduced to them um, last year because we went to Maryland DeathFest and uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure if you saw the lineup, but that lineup was absolutely stacked. It was like basically like 90s legends lineup.
2: The Maryland DeathFest lineups are like a dream.
1: I mean, I, I think I need to make a visit one of these days. Those lineups yeah. are just for me. We, uh, we waited like in the queue <laughs> last week, actually. Uh, to the split second refreshing the page and we got our tickets for next year's one already so they had like an early bird batch of like I think it was only like a hundred tickets or something but it sold out in like under three, three. minutes wow. yeah but I was this, like is...
0: sitting there just like refresh 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 and then I was like ooh we'll be ready in like one minute and I'm like alright let's wait <laughs> one minute and then I was like refresh refresh and then um, it changed and it was like it wouldn't allow me to choose a number of tickets and then I was like james and i are like on the uh on speakerphone i'm at work and i'm like all right let's go let's go we got this we got this and then finally i was like i'm in let's go and he's like all right let's do it and yeah bam got a couple tickets and it was hilarious
1: it's uh super reasonably Weird priced for what it is because you pay like i think it's like 250 but that's four days and it's eight yeah. it's, it's so many bands like i think there's another 40 to be announced still on top of what they've already announced for the lineup next year
0: right that, and then they cute. might add more you know and then obviously some bands might drop and this and that you know
1: the last last yeah, year's that's... lineup change was like it was a blessing and a curse because um just member pulled out like at the like three or four days or something before they were meant to start the festival um oh, man. and they managed to find autopsy and replace them with autopsy in that period it's like damn that's a good swap out like i'm i'm, I'm happy yeah. with that yeah.
0: That was a great the seeing those guys play too was incredible. Like I love it when I like the you know, the drummer like is just belting out fucking vocals and on top of drumming, you're just like it's impressive shit.
2: Yeah, Chris Leifort's a fucking major legend. He's a major. machine.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he, he like drums at that pace and also manages to have vocals that powerful, which is crazy.
0: Right, I yeah. you're witnessing it, you're just like, Jeez dude
1: unstoppable yeah, yeah I so i uh, I, guess, I was just gonna say um because you said before that you like to keep it straight and not ask questions about food i'm gonna ask you a question about food <laughs> <laughs> um so I, i'm only gonna ask one but um what is a local dish that people outside of your region would never have heard of that they should try if they ever visit um so
2: we have a specific regional type of food it's called nati so uh, broadly, Nati means like off the land or like almost village. Like I don't know if there's a, I don't know if that's the accurate translation. Uh, what I would recommend you to try these uh, gelatinous sort of mutton chops. Actually, rather they're called mutton trotters. So they're made of goat, obviously, with um, this specific dish called idli. So it's like almost like a a rice cake, for lack of a better word. Which is very porous and sort of absorbs the flavors from that curry. Mm -hmm. So typically, uh, if you come to India, they'd give you some generic sort of uh, you know recommendations like have butter chicken or (laughs) biryani, whatever. Uh, But this is something specific to you know the four states down south. Uh, They have their own very unique carnivorous sort of culture. I don't know if you I don't know what your you guys' food habits are, but uh, if you're into that stuff, that's what I'd recommend. Anything mutton adjacent or centric.
1: Awesome. Love it. I uh, I'm a big uh meat fan. Um and I, I have had some really good uh I spent some time in Malaysia uh on two occasions ah. in, in Kuala Lumpur and I had some like incredible mutton curries uh when I was down there. Yeah Malaysia amazing food. Uh yeah I so good. in Penang in 2019. Epic epic food. Ah Penang is like next level amazing. Yeah. Kuala lumpur and Penang both just so good for food. <laughs> Mm. Uh, And then the last question is, uh, where can people follow you? Like what what platforms do you want for people to give you a follow? Great. So my
2: primary most active platform is Instagram. So it's uh, at achintia.mankitesh, it's just my name. Uh, That's my primary platform. Apart from that, I do have uh, a Facebook account, which you know, it's pretty much the same content as uh, the Instagram stuff, since they're interconnected um apart from that while I have attempted to you know sort of curate a deviant art and an art station uh those aren't as active so I would say Instagram is where you'd be able to find me and of course happy to get in touch with any you know prospective commissions projects or if you just want to chat that's where I'm most active awesome. hey, oh yeah
1: that's actually uh, leads me to one last question um what uh is the process of people commissioning you is it just through Instagram messengers That the easiest way or
2: yeah that's the easiest way or you can email me uh it's also in the Instagram descriptor you know you can just press a button and it'll take you to my email so that would be the easiest way yeah and I'm responsible on Instagram check all my DMs whatnot
1: so if,
2: if that's the easiest way I can confirm comment.
1: that <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for taking the time and coming on it was really great chatting to you and uh if you have anything from us just let us know otherwise we'll be in touch about getting some work done with you in the future awesome it was a great chat with you guys thanks
2: james thanks brendan it's been a yeah total pleasure. uh hopefully we cross paths maybe i'll keep you posted if i'm traveling to the us or, you know maryland death fest is something i really want to do so yeah definitely you got a whole right. year to
0: save up and go for it
1: yeah if, if you're yeah, there right. hit us up we'll we'll catch up done done sounds like a plan have a good night see you later oh, yeah bye all right guys have a good one